if we do not look at this with a spiritual lens, we will miss it. Hey, this is Unrefined Podcast. I'm Brandon Spain, your host, with co-host Lindsay Waters. Welcome to another episode. Hey, 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 everybody. It's a new episode of Unrefined Podcast, and boy, do we have a show for you today. And my co-host, Lindsay, is in the house. Yep. I'm here and looking forward to getting into this with Amy again. Glad to have her back. Yeah, and we have uh, Amy from Eyes on the Right, who is just um, an incredible cacophony of uh, knowledge and brilliance. And uh, she's one of our favorite guests that we have on here. And I'm so thankful that she's come back. And uh, we have a lot of of different things to kind of touch on, so... We're going to try to let the Holy Spirit kind of uh, meander as a stream, and it'll all hopefully become coherent. But uh, there's just so much out there that we just need to talk about, that we need to know about what's going on in the world. And so, Amy, I am thankful that you're on our show today. Thank you for being here. Gosh, thank you. What an introduction. I'm I'm humbled to be here, and um, it's fun. I'm excited to see where this conversation goes and hoping it sheds some light for people. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we have (laughs) to... Oh, yeah. Well, th- thanks for coming. Yeah. Sure. So uh, to kind of get us started today, we have numerous things to, to talk about. But I want to kind of lead off with the the infiltration of occult and New Age practices in the church that I think a lot of people don't realize. A lot of, you know, well-meaning people um, don't realize. I mean, I can think of one right offhand that came from the tradition that I was in is the labyrinth. Um, A lot of liturgical Anglican Catholic slash Orthodox people are using labyrinths. And that's to me, a thoroughly uh, occult type um, practice. But anyway, that's just me that that's, that's what pops in my mind. And and it's just like stuff like that is slowly infiltrated. And so we're going to talk with Amy today and she's going to give us some info and some knowledge about all this kind of stuff that's going on in the church and, and, you know, even maybe some things that we need to do to, to help other people see that they're dabbling. It's a slippery slope. I mean, I I will say that and that they're dabbling in the other stuff. So Amy, take it away. (laughs) Well, um, yeah, no, I, I agree. I mean, and, and this new age coin term is kind of broad, you know, as we were talking before, the podcast started, you've, it, it's really a broad brush of terms and ideas and practices. And really the bottom line of new age is it's witchcraft, it's mm. idolatry, it is occultism. This is at its core, worshiping the creation over the creator. And, you know, when you look at new age, you see it's all about self. It's all about self. And Mm. of course we are created beings. And so when we turn to ourselves, we are in an essence, idolizing ourselves over our creator. Right. Mm. And then you've got all these kind of things of, you know, looking at the sun and the moon and the stars and, um, kind of looking at how that can give you power and manifest things in your life. And again, it's this 
big focus on creation. And that's really where you can start. And that goes back to the garden, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, let, let me ask you, I mean, maybe I'll get ahead of you a little bit, but I don't mean to, but do you, do you see a lot of this climate change as like the ultimate foundation for a Gaia-type religion? Or you'll get there later. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a great question. I mean, it's so, so subtle. I mean, not so much anymore, yeah. but you think back to like Earth yeah. Day, right? And they institute yeah, all this I for the planet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And they institute all this this planet and do stuff for our environment. It seems it's packaged as something good and it is good to take care of our earth. However, in this kind of packaging, it's wrapped up with this gift of, we want to lead you down this road of creationism, right? Like where not creationism, but the worship of creation. Um, yeah. And so it is a slippery slope and now we're in full blown climate agenda um, mm-hmm. practice where everything is, you know, from cows to whatever is bad for the environment. And so where does it end? <laughs> yeah. I just picked up a book by a guy named Carl Technorib. I don't know if I got his name right, but it's called the game of the gods. And, uh, I'm going to read through it and stuff, but you know, his, his premise is that everything ultimately leads back to religion, even from mm-hmm. politics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And a lot of these high up, people that are pushing that climate agenda, they're theosophists, you know, they're, yes. they're, yeah, it, it's, it, and it, and it's subtle because wokeism has infiltrated the church and part of wokeism is this whole climate change agenda, yeah. you know, and people say, well, we, God gave us authority to take care of the environment, mm-hmm. but you're right. It, it's pushed just a little further than just stewardship, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it's interesting you brought up you brought up two things that that kind of lead into our conversation today. Um one of them is the fact of theosophy because that's been exactly what Alice Bailey, who is considered one of the founders of the new age along with Elena Blavatsky, but that was exactly yeah. what she practiced, this theosophy, this Greek word of God and Sophia, this divine wisdom, right? Um and that's right. what they what they push. Well, what does that all lead back to? It leads back to create to the creation worship. Um, and it's just so interesting how you're right. At the second point was if we do not look at this with a spiritual lens, we will miss it. Because everything mm-hmm. these people, not only us as Christians, but the people running our world, it is all seen through a spiritual lens. And in their their case, it's you know, it's Luciferianism. It's yeah. um, from the enemy, but yeah. Well, Brandon, Brandon brought up wokeism and, you know, a lot of that, a lot of the underpinnings of that are Marxism. And, and I've, I've, I've been reading and, and listening to different stuff that argues that Marxism itself has always had kind of a Gnostic dark, spiritual um foundation to it i mean even from the get-go from from marx that that people aren't aware of uh, even though he he i guess he kind of claimed to be an atheist but i mean mean, you can make a good argument that that marxism has always had kind of this weird gnostic luciferian Mm -hmm. even if it was kind of this materialist luciferianism you know what's you know what's crazy about that? It's just 
just yeah. the just the other day I was looking up cultural Marxism on Wikipedia and it's like that they've even adopted it. He was atheist, but he was Jewish. So it's now a form of anti-Semitism to, to even, to even disagree with Marxism now, you know? So it's like, anyway, our bizarre world. So bizarre. Mm -hmm. Interesting. When you see it woven through everything, if you, if you have the eyes to see, and this is why I kind of love these conversations and I love kind of diving into um, like the symbols and stuff like that um, is because yeah. once you see it, you can't unsee it. And it really gives you a, <laughs> a <laughs> you know, that cliche, that cliche phrase, but it really gives you a whole nother perspective on how our whole world system is built on these Luciferian, you know, Gnostic occultic ideas. And that's how they are running our world. And it's, it's crazy. And that's why Jesus says, don't think on the physical world. If you love this world, you know, you're in enmity mm. with the father. Like he was telling us all along, you know, crazy. Well, and even in Romans chapters one or two, where he talks about, you love the creation more than the creator, you know, I mean, that's, yeah. that's a symbol of what, you know, what's to come. Uh, mm-hmm. We always, that's our go-to to go against homosexuality, rightly so, but we miss the other aspects of that passage. Yeah. The, the homosexuality, when we've done ministry, Sandy and I, with, with different homosexuals that wanted to get out of the lifestyle, they always tell me that the occult is a huge underpinning of that lifestyle and that there yeah. is very rarely, uh, uh, at least in, in, in the male aspect that doesn't play into the whole woke wokeism slash occult aspect. Mm-hmm. I mean, I had a gay guy that was basically saying he learned how to astral project, you know, and, and all that just, just from it's, they, they can't go to Christianity because in a lot of ways they're pariah, which is not a good thing. Uh, but, 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 uh, at the same time they are attracted to the occult. I mean, even the rainbow flag that they've, they've subverted, you know, that's, that's to me is more of an occultic symbol now than it is, you know, I hate that they stole that from us. Right. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that that lends to us, you know, kind of prefacing with all of this, that, God intended for this to be good. He intended his creation to be good. It what it is good. Yes. Um, but yeah. Satan always imitates and he infiltrates. And so this mm. imitation yep. is always going to be perverted. And it doesn't mean that, you know, um, rainbows are bad or, you know, right, um, right. some of these things are bad per se. It just means how the enemy has taken them and perverted them. That's, you know, that's because of the curse of this world. That's the fallen world that we're living in that he did. Satan did that, not God. It was intended for good, you know? Well, look at that Aaron Paul thing I sent you yesterday, you know, about mm-hmm. honey, honey, a, a land of milk and honey. And mm-hmm. they've taken that and perverted it and made it part of the hive mentality, you know? Yes. And it, it, it just, yeah, it, it, he, he imitates, he counterfeits. He, you know, he, he can't, well, he can't do anything original because he's not a creator. Exactly. Exactly. I think I think we're given that. That's why he is so jealous of us. Is mm-hmm. we actually have God's image to be able to be creators, so to speak. Yeah. Um, not out of nothing, obviously, but and and he perverts that. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, Alice Bailey is somebody I forgot about. I mean, I've been taking deep dives into Crowley and uh, Blavonsky, but I always forget about Alice Bailey <laughs> and her part in all this. Yeah, yeah, she she has a big part in this, and you know, again, it's kind of these major players or major influencers like the two you mentioned, um, Crowley and Blavatsky, um, and even Anton LaBay as you move forward in in time down the timeline, mm-hmm. but. You know, Alice Bailey was kind of known as this founder of the New Age movement around the 1880s to 1949, and she wrote a number of books, um, and she studied theosophy, like I said, and and a lot of what she brought about, um, she said, her words were, they were telepathically dictated. So you've got this idea of, I mean, we know what who that, who that's coming from, (laughs) you know, it's not, it's not Holy Spirit inspired. It's, it's the opposite. And you've got this, this idea of these divine masters, which falls into, um, you know, new age thinking, which I think is kind of, Mm -hmm. I almost want to say, I almost want to call it what it is. It's, it's essentially witchcraft and divination and sorceries because, you know, new age is kind of a nice term for it, but um, it's really, it's really what you'd read in Deuteronomy, you know, it's the witchcraft, it's the sorceries, it's, it's all of that. And so that's what she was weaving into her ideas. And it was all about self, right? It's all about being, having this divine wisdom and gnosis that, um, would, you know, move you into a higher level of thinking and enlightenment. So it's yeah. pretty crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, correct me if I'm wrong. She also, I've skimmed through some of her stuff. She would speak of Christ in some sense. Mm-hmm. She spoke of the return of Christ, things like that, but gave obviously gave them a completely different meaning. Right. So, yeah. What was yeah. that saying you you told me yesterday, Lindsay, about about sandwich? You said the devil puts uh, error in, in two uh, slices of truth. Well, no, it was, it's an X-Files quote, and I don't, I don't want to <laughs> misquote it myself, but it's something like, sometimes it's it's easier to sandwich, you know, a, a lie is easier to, to swallow sandwich between two truths. Hey, my unrefined friends. I just want to tell you guys that I am so thankful that you are my life. Some of our best fans uh, have been writing to us, and and I, I just so encouraged about how lives are being transformed and people are getting something out of this podcast. I mean, that's what it's all about. That's why we're doing this: is to glorify Jesus and to just look at the world and have a, a more open view of the seen and the unseen and the supernatural in the world. So while we're doing that, we're going to handle all different kinds of topics. But see, what I'd like for you to be involved in or part of is our members-only group. Things that are coming in our members-only group that are going to just blow your mind, not to mention there's going to be episodes in there that you won't be able to hear just on the normal episode channel. So make sure to visit our website at unrefinedpodcast.com and check out our members-only community. I just can't stress the fact that you know we're after building a community and there's, there's so 
much out there, you guys, and there's so much coming, I really believe. We need to build these strong communities of Christ followers to, to be able to handle what might be coming in the, in the future days. We're sure that you'd be a good fit, and we cannot wait. I can't wait to see you there. Yeah. Yeah. It's easier to digest, right? When you've got a little, <laughs> that's their idea, right? And you're, no, you're spot yeah. on. She, in fact, Alice Bailey was born into a Christian home. And that's the irony in all this because her mm. 10 point plan really weaved in Christianese, the Christian ideas, right? It's kind of watering down like, um, of Christian I- ideologies and concepts. And unlike Blavatsky, um, Alice Bailey did weave in, in this, in these Christian ideas. However, her 10 point plan really was to, to destroy Christianity and convert the nations into this new age philosophy. And she's done, this plan has been, you know, utilized by politicians, nations, and even the United Nations has adopted her, um, her ideas, which is crazy. The United Nations, right? Like, that's what they're using to base things off of. That's insane to me. All right, Amy, tell us about <laughs> these t- this 10-point plan, please. Yeah. <laughs> what, so, what is it? Well, okay, and this is, you know, I encourage you guys as you're listening, um, really think about our society today because all of these boxes have been ticked, literally. Um, mm. The first one is taking God and prayer out of the education system. Um, that happens a while ago. Uh, right. The second is reduce parental authority over children and think about how, um, technology has even done that. Um, you know, just, they've been able to reduce parental authority just by what they're showing our kids through iPads and tablets and computers and phones, Mm -hmm. you know, um, Mm -hmm. and kind of reducing this Parental structure as well can fall into that because you've kind of disintegrated this role of the mom and dad in society. And, you know, the mom is working all the time, or maybe there isn't a dad, or maybe there isn't even the natural order of marriage and in, in instituted. And you've got all sorts of chaos ensues when that happens. So, um, yeah, that's, that's the second, the second point. And moving on to the third destroy the Judeo-Christian family structure, which is what I was just saying, or the traditional Christian family structure. So then again, there's that parental aspect, the man and the woman. Um, and they've four, been doing that predictive, they've been doing that yeah. predictive programming in, in, I mean, I remember shows back in the seventies and eighties that the man was always the doofus and the mother was yes. the savior, you know? And, yeah. and, and I'm pretty egalitarian when it comes to roles in the church and all that stuff. I mean, I'm not feminist or woke or any of that kind of stuff, but but at the same time, you know, in the family, there is a man role and a, a, a woman role, but they always kind of yeah. made the man look like a real doofus or a moron. Yeah, no, you're right. You're absolutely right. It makes me think of Applegate. I can't remember the name oh. of that show. Married with Children. Married, Married with children. children, yeah. Al Bundy. Yeah. Ugh, Al yeah. Bundy. And, and she yeah. was kind of a floozy. And so you've got all this, like, just messed up stuff, you know? Um, and you even think subtly, like some of the stuff that I've been noticing of late with the celebrities is 
and I mean, it's been going on for a while, but you see the woman leading the man and, and the image that comes to mind is Rihanna with, um, with her, I don't know if it's her husband or not, but in, in the photo shoots and in the magazines, it's always the woman pulling the man behind as if he's just, you know, trailing behind yeah. her. And it's this, yeah. this feminine goddess type concept that goes all the way back to Babylon, Mesopotamia, Egypt, right? Like this femininity, mm-hmm. this goddess rising. Um, that's really moving up in our, in our worlds right now. Um, so, yeah. Interesting stuff. Beyonce and Jay-Z. I mean, yes. another example. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. So moving through, um, the next one is, number four is, if sex is free, then make abortion legal and make it easy. Um, that's pretty, <laughs> that's pretty, uh, yeah. that's pretty much going on right now. Um, number five is make divorce easy and legal, free people from the concept of marriage for life. And we see that running rampant as well. Um, Number six is make homosexuality an alternative lifestyle. And that's like you were mentioning earlier, Brandon, you know, that's part of it. And even this kind of trans movement is falling in line with, you know, the idea of male and female. It's this blurring of genders, which is absolutely occultic and, you Mm -hmm. know, pagan. So, um, and then number seven is, is really a, an interesting one to me, because if you look at any fashion, um, online, like, you know, um, Dolce and Gabbana, (laughs) it's it's just crazy, but it is, it's not, it's not, it's not fashion. It's not art, but number seven is to debase art and make it run mad. And so Mm -hmm. it makes me think of Marina Abramovic and all of that. You know, you see some of these, Mm -hmm. this in quote art, um, it's satanic, Mm -hmm. you know? And what was that 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 fashion company that that got kind of pegged? Oh yeah, Balenciaga. Yeah, 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 yeah. I always forget that name. Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. You're seeing it all over. I mean, they're the fashion industry and the art industry is so infiltrated with satanic, Luciferian, New Age concepts that it's just insane to me. I mean, it's so obvious that what they're doing, um, it's, it's horrible. So then the last three, um, number eight is use media to promote and change mindsets. (laughs) Is that not happening? (laughs) Fifth level generation warfare is what, uh, a friend of mine says. So I think it's called fifth generation, fourth generation. I don't know. Anyway. Yeah. Psyops. (laughs) Psyops. Right. And, um, the next one is, Create an interfaith movement. And number 10 is get governments to make all these law and get the church to endorse these changes. And that's her 10-point plan that she formulated in the early 20th century. I mean, think about that. It's all happening. I don't know what was. Something was in the water in that era. I mean, you had all, everything, you know, from you know Crowley and Blavonsky and Bailey and and then you go into the Jekyll Island and you know yeah. and and so it's like that 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 wasn't a very that to me was a very important time period for some reason and and I think you know God is very much the god of time and I think uh the enemy knows this and he uses time periods too I'd be curious I mean it'd probably be a deep dive to find out why was that time period such a explosion 
of mm-hmm. occult activity. Yeah. Yeah. And you're right. I mean, it is interesting. You even think of the, you know, the fifties too, um, was such after yeah. world war two was such a influx of technology. And that was all, that was all around the time, you know, Jack Parsons and um, L. Ron Hubbard were doing sex magic and Babylon workings, and people were seeing UFOs coming up. <laughs> yep, opening portals. And that's when all the UFO sightings were coming up out of these mountains and lakes and stuff. And so it begs a question is you're right. What happened? What was going on there? Was that just, you know, the time where God allowed for this influx to happen to increase? What was, you know, well, a lot of people point at it and view it as the sweet, innocent golden age, too. <laughs> yeah, where everything was great, and but that's where a lot of this foundation was being laid. Yep, yeah, absolutely. Well, you think of the interfaith movement, and which was number nine, and, and that that leans towards the one world religion because I think of those bumper stickers, you know, coexist, right? Um. It's yeah. this idea of yeah. let's all meld together and become one um, tolerance, you know, acceptance. And yet they preach that, but of course we don't see that. <laughs> yeah, it's not just let's get along. It's Yeah, I mean, the cross in there is definitely. What, Lindsay, go ahead. I was just saying, sorry, it's, it's not let's get along. It's let's fall in line. Well, yeah. Yeah, and even the cross and the coexist is not the true cross. It's the it's the woke cross. You know, I, I came out of the Episcopal Church um, early on, and and was ordained in Africa with the Anglican Church, and and some of these denominations are so far gone. It, it, it's like what I find fascinating about that is the the higher you get into the the wokeism or liberalism in the church the more liturgical or ritualistic they become mm, interesting um that's an interesting study uh yeah and it's it's really started to infiltrate a lot of the evangelicals and all this kind of stuff and some of it's good see that's it's that truth with a lie in the sandwich you know i mean yeah we 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 live with 2000 years of the church and the whole 2000 years just didn't start at the reformation you know i mean there was there were good things happening before the Reformation, and the church went through a dark side. But at the same time, there was uh, other things. But but you know, Satan. I just see this correlation to towards ritualism. Yeah. With which is magic. Yeah. 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 It's 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 very subtle, and you know these new age kind of movements and practices are very subtle and seemingly packaged as innocent. And, you know, some of these things are even like, like some of the big stuff would be like channeling and, you know, shamanism and these kind of seances and stuff like that, but kind of some of the, the maybe, um, less obvious ones are law of attraction, um, horoscopes, you know, even yoga, um, yoga. I was about to say, I've gotten in so many arguments with, Christian women who think uh, it's just stretching. And I'm like, no, it's worship poses. It's like, you know, if you're Catholic, which, you know, that's another whole show, but it's like the making the sign of the cross in their tradition, you know, and 
that people don't realize, or or in my tradition, raising your hands or or kneeling or you know any of that kind of stuff. That's what yoga is. You can't yeah. get around it. Well, you can't. And and true yogis know that it's a practice. And so, where does this practice come from? It comes from Eastern mysticism, Eastern religions. And so then when you start peeling it back and you really start to ask the Holy Spirit to convict you and reveal that in you, then you'll know. I mean, it, it all comes down to your heart posture, mm. right? If, if you your love intent, yoga, yeah. yeah, if you love yoga so much, even if it's, even if the Lord is convicting you to give it up or to, to pull back where it, it originated from, then that's the bigger question. Why are you holding on to something over what God is telling you to do. You know, that's, that's rebellion, right? Um, if he's convicting you to give it up. So, so that's the bigger question in this. And, and I think, you know, it behooves us to understand these historical concepts because look, we're coming into a season where the Bible says, you know, people are going to fall away. There is going to be mass deception. Um, people are going to turn against one another. And we know that the yeah. enemy loves to imitate and he loves to infiltrate, like I said. And if we yes. don't think the enemy is infiltrating Christianity, true Christianity, biblical Christianity today, then we suffer because of lack of knowledge. We're, we're naive. Yep. I yeah. agree. Totally. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, we have, to, we have to be aware of his subtle schemes. He comes as an angel of light. And we have to be very aware of, of, and like you said earlier, he's subtle. So he starts with small things, you know, in, in, in times of my life, I've been a Christian for almost 30 years. And in times uh, of my life, when I've sort of, I, I, I never fully backslid, but in times when I've kind of pushed away and one of them was seminary, believe it or not. That's what's so crazy. I, I was <laughs> learning all about God and my spiritual life just blew, I mean, just drew up like a prune. Yeah. And uh, uh, while well, I was after gnosis, I was after knowledge. I wasn't after heartfelt relationship and fire, you know? And uh, anyway, um, and I, I've just, I, I've learned it, it, it starts really small, you know, with small decisions. And next thing you know, you, you, you turn around and there you are. I mean, yeah. Sandy and I learned that with the frequency stuff. We, we started studying it and we looked into it and it was fascinating. And, and I love quantum physics and all that kind of stuff. But, but it's like somebody was telling me about with the AI stuff. I'm not so sure that that's not just more than just, just technology. It could possibly have entities tied to it. Absolutely. So. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 the proverbial frog in the pan, you know. It, mm-hmm. it, it we're the frogs, and they're turning up the heat really slowly. So we have to be, you know, super discerning. Yeah. Um, and I think the Lord, though, to give hope, I think the Lord is really working on, on this. I think He's really reforming the the church in certain areas to come back to smaller kingdom communities where people can actually be in each other's lives and actually help each other to navigate the truth and the error. Yeah. I just a little background, Sandy and I planted house churches for years. We we, we were part of a church and it get it it closed down and they wanted me to be the pastor and I didn't want to be the pastor. And so what ended up happening a lot of the people just started coming to our house on Sundays and it just kind of happened. 
And so we kind of experienced a, a, an incredible amount of community and accountability and, and love and, and all that kind of stuff. And, um, you know, so we've, we've kind of had that mindset and we've watched uh, over the years when I was in seminary, I always got teased by these guys, uh, these denominational guys sometimes about, yeah, you're not, you know, where's your covering? Who's this, that, and the other. I'm like, well, you know, I mean, the Episcopal church has huge covering, has a huge apparatus, a huge institution. What happened to it? Just because you're big and you're organized and institutionalized doesn't mean actually, I think you're more, more likely to, to dive into heresy. And so after I said that, they kind of piped down. It was a Methodist seminary and, and they know what's going on in the Methodist church and it's happening in the Methodist church. And, and, uh, yeah, it, it, it it's, it's more subtle because you can hide in that type yeah. of an environment. I mean, Lindsay and I were talking about it the other day about just, just hiding but when you're when you're in a group with about you know fifteen to twenty people uh, or even less, and you're in each other's lives and you're building community and stuff like that, error pops out real quick, you know, and and you yeah. can deal with it easier. Sure. Yeah. Statistically, I read statistic in in some of these movements in other countries where they're they're doing disciple making movements or church planning movements. Heresy is is statistically substantially less than it is for organized denominational institutional churches. Mm, that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, well, because you go and hear one man talk to you, you mm-hmm. have a TED talk in a, in a in a concert, and you hear one man talk to you, and and you know when when you're in community with people, you have to speak. You know, you have to let out what your opinions and and all that kind of stuff, and and so anyway. Uh, to me, I don't see it as a new thing. I see it as getting back to the old, old thing, which was the book yeah. of Acts. So yeah. anyway, I'm sorry. Rabbit trail. Just shoot that rabbit. <laughs> but I think that's going to be essential for what you're talking about to infl- for the infiltrating of the church is being in each, in each other's lives, so to speak. Um, to be able to just say, hey, you know, yeah, Jesus is the Son of God, bro. I don't know why you didn't hear that, but, you know, he really is, and here's why. Right. That usually reaches people more than, you know, having a YouTube podcast where shove it down somebody's throat and attack them. Anyway, so, at yeah. least with me. No, I agree. I mean, and it, it all comes down to accountability and, and you know, how the mm-hmm. Lord set up na- the natural order of the body of Christ. and. And it, all in all, we have to be able to have a humble, teachable spirit and put our yes. pride down, put our, you know, ego down, put up this puffed up idea of knowledge and really get back to the basics. Um, and, and again, that, that leans itself into this movement because it's all about self. And so you're seeing yeah. this, this puffed up, like unteachability of people. Mm. And, and, and then you've got the social media aspect that really yeah. is like the devil's playground because you've got people popping up. You have no idea how long they've been with Christ. You can't see their fruit. They're teaching the Bible. They've come out of heavy, heavy occultism, channeling divination. And now they're teaching the word of God and people are just eating it up without any discernment. And, you know, it's a scary, that's scary. That is a scary place to be. So the hope in that is no. God for yourself. We rise and fall before Christ alone. Know the word. 
ask him for discernment, ask him for wisdom. Um, you know, be in these small groups with people who can hold you accountable, who are, you know, mm-hmm. are seasoned Christians who, who are exhibiting the fruit of the spirit in maturity and yeah. self-control. And, you know, um, it's so important to have that, that, uh, connection and, and, and support to help, you know? Yeah. I've noticed a, a lot and, and I know Amy, that you're familiar with this, but newly saved people that were involved in a lot of the new age stuff, they, they, their, their pendulum swings so far the other way, you know, and it it takes time and growth and sanctification to, to get for the pendulum to swing back towards the the middle. And I'm not, and I'm not making something big about the middle because the middle can be the fence and that's not, you don't want to be on the, you know, on the fence. But, but when it comes to to that, you know, uh, I noticed this a long time ago when um, I used to dialogue with this guy who was an Eastern Orthodox convert, and he was super zealous for his newly found faith. Well, he had to because he had to justify why he switched. And so um, I'm hoping, I, I have no contact with him now, but I'm hoping over time he became more ironic and more gentle and kind, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I, I think, like you're saying, I think a lot of people get newly saved. And they, 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 they start to understand that everything that they learned before was bad. And so let's go on the attack for these new agers. I mean, even if you know a new ager and a witch, and this was my, my point when, when I got attacked a, a few weeks ago is, you know, even if I am a witch, which I'm not, if, even if I am a witch, how you approach me is never going to make me convert to Christianity. Mm. Jesus is is kind and, and he's not nice. I don't like the word nice. That's a crappy cultural word. You know, he he was not nice, but he was kind, you know, with people. And I think it's our 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 kindness. It's it's God's kindness that leads us to repentance. And I think it'll be our kindness to lead people through this in repentance. I mean, the old saying you you get more honey, uh, bees with honey than with vinegar is is true you know? And so that's what I appreciate about you, Amy, is that you're ironic about it. You know, you're, you're pointing out what's wrong, but you're, you you know, at the same time, you, you're like, but I'll work with you to, to get you out of this and to teach you what's right. And instead of just saying, oh, I can't have anything to do with you. You're toxic. You get away from me. You're, we we forget that we have the the son of God lives on the inside of us. And Lepers are made. Lepers are made clean now instead of lepers making us unclean. Yeah. Thank you. Anyway, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> no, no, this is good stuff. I mean, I love kind of these candid conversations because the Holy Spirit kind of leads us into a conversation that is needed. You know, um, you're right. Yeah, I mean, you've yeah. you've got a lot of people that are coming out of you know these kind of practices. Um, some really really heavy into occultism and some just kind of who dabbled in, you know, crystals or chakras or whatever. Um, and I think, I think on one side, we would be remiss to say that the enemy cannot create major strongholds in these people. Um, Mm. and, and, and Mm. so on one side, I caution because I caution people because don't think that just by opening the door one time that something can't you know, create a stronghold in your mind. Um, that, that don't mm. dabble with this stuff. 
you know, seek the Lord in it. If you don't understand some of these practices and it goes all the way to like hypnotherapy and, and, you know, some of these kind of Eastern type things really seek the Lord on it and ask his wisdom in it and ask him to show you before you open that door into that, you know? Um, and also on the other side, you've got people who are kind of touted as, you know, um, re, re renewed, you know, Christians who are very early on in their walk and they're promoting these former practices and that can be misleading too, because they really don't know, you know, what it all entails in the sense of a, a true Christ follower. And, and many of these kind of former new agers, um, you know, witches or whatever can still have massive, um, strongholds, um, that, and they still need to be sanctified and delivered. Um, so I say all that to be kind of cautious on the social media aspect, because I see that a lot. And I have people who will follow people that seemingly look very Christian and they, they mm -hmm. are introduced to subtleties that can cause a stumbling block in their own life. So I hope yeah. that makes sense. Um, no perfect sense. Yeah. 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 So it's, it's subtle. It's very subtle. And, but God gives us that discernment. It's so amazing. He will show us that little prick in our spirit of like, step back or seek me or watch out, you know? <laughs> well, mine, mine tends to come by lack of peace. Uh, I mean, this mm -hmm. is what I teach disciples is you're given an, you're given something to pray about and you have either peace or you don't. Okay. If you don't, then continue to pray about it. If you gain peace, then perhaps the Lord wants you to do it. If uh, you don't have any peace at all, then don't do it. I mean, I, I it, it, Reminds me of the scripture saying, you know, let the peace of the Lord. I don't, that's not the exact scripture, but that, you know, the peace guards our heart. Yeah. Um, I forget. I think it's in um, one of Paul's letters. I, I should yep. know that. But but let the peace of God um, umpire our hearts, so to speak. Yeah. And yep. uh, that's that has kept me out of a lot of a lot of stuff. Um, you know, and, and it's also put me in situations where I would have never gone, um, to redeem people. I would have been scared or frightful to, to pick up their juju, but it, the yeah. peace helped me go in and minister to them and, and, and seeing results and fruit from loving them, so to speak. Yeah. I, I love that because that's, who is the author of confusion? It's Satan. He is the author yep. of confusion. And so when you are in yep. confusion or anxiety or a stressed out state, mm -hmm. well, that tells us that something's not right. We're not walking with the Lord in some way. And so you're absolutely right. That verse you were talking about, Philippians 4, 7, I think, and the peace of God, mm -hmm. which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Yeah. 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 It's, it's through him that we find that. and. And he gives us real, he gives us real peace, not as the yeah. world gives, but his peace. Right. You know, kind of to pull it back to all of this kind of new ageism is this, there's nothing new under the sun. I mean, this all mm -hmm. happened in Genesis yeah. when the serpent said, your eyes will be open. You know, you'll understand, you know, good and evil. Um, 
you'll be like gods. And I mean, that's where it stems from. So, yeah. You know, a lot of Christian, well, a lot, yeah, a lot of Christians, though, we miss that word good. We, we, we know it's the tree of the knowledge of evil, but we miss that word good. And sometimes I, I tell people this about the flesh is the flesh is not always just evil stuff. You can do fleshly good things and there's still the flesh. Yeah. And, and people don't realize that and it's not really good because you're doing it in the flesh, but it can have an outward appearance of the flesh. I mean, an outward appearance of good, even though it's the flesh. And yeah. you're right; it goes back to that 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 the tree of knowledge of good and evil. It goes back to the the knowledge that was the Promethean type knowledge that was given by the Watchers and the in that in Genesis six and and stuff. And yeah, and uh, that just furthered our knowledge of good and evil, right. So, yeah, I, I think that you're right. It all goes back to pre-flood Babylonian, Mesopotamian, secret Gnostic religion. Yeah. There's nothing new under the sun. Yeah. Uh, well, let's let's switch gears. There's something else I want to talk about that, that uh, Lindsay and I both are kind of fascinated with. And, and this is one of those things where I, I've been praying a lot about discernment. Uh, but I want to talk about the whole microdosing and ayahuasca yeah. and, you know, just, just uh, hallucinogenics and, and their place and how they're trying to be permeated through not only through the celebrities, but also through science, I think now too. Uh, and, and then I also want to ask you a question about, um, is there a possibility that it could be used in science? By a doctor to treat anxiety and depression and all that kind of stuff, and not have the evil connotations like the like uh, what is that? It's that um, I always get it wrong, Lindsay. What is it called? It's it's a uh, microdosing. It's DT DMT. DMT. That's it. Yep. DMT. Yep. Anyway, so let's dive there. I'm. I'm I want to hear your opinion about all that. Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, I think that it's amazing how a lot of this has just been kind of ramped up in the late in of recent, really, like these ayahuasca trips have been kind of pushed out into the media by like people like Megan Fox, even um, even Aaron Rodgers. The vampire. And, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you, uh, you're cracks me up <laughs> anyway. Sorry. No, I mean, no. If it would. It wasn't so sad. I, I I have to laugh sometimes to 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 keep from just feeling sorry for these people. So I anyway, I know. Um, yeah, I mean it's it's really become mainstream in the sense of like you've even got athletes like Aaron Rodgers, for instance, who are going to do these things to, you know, like before you'd have like you wouldn't think like an athlete would would do drugs to enhance their performance in the sense of ayahuasca like psychedelic drugs right like sure because they're you know they're they want their bodies to be in peak performance for their for their sport um but now we see it moving into all sorts of even you know your moms that um stay-at-home moms and um you know just your average normal people are doing microdosing and ayahuasca and kind of venturing into this kind of um you know psychedelic type 
um, zone. And, yeah. and that's the thing, you know, I think, I mean, I just want to say this, like what we were talking about with creation, you know, God did make everything for good, but he also made, he didn't say that everything we have license to use. And so I think that there, mm. that you've got to look at it like poppies God made, but, but, you know, you get heroin from poppies. Does that mean that it's natural and we should be taking it? I mean, we've got to kind of look at this with discernment from the Holy Spirit. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. What are your thoughts? Muffins, not heroin. <laughs> yeah, poppy muffins, <laughs> not heroin. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I, I kind of, I don't know. Uh, I went through a, a major depression several years ago, and I, for the past three years, I've just now pulled out of it, and I had to engage, and I had to take medicine. I mean, I did the, mm-hmm. uh, I have a buddy of mine who really helped me. He said, there's three aspects to your depression. The first is the demonic. The second is the um, the the mind renewal, and the third is the physical. And sometimes you have to get the physical aligned to be able to do the mind renewal to be able to do you know to get rid of the 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 deliverance and he kind of put it in that order you mm-hmm. know that the 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 flies will go out if you take the trash out that's that's Sa- sandy and i's um motto when it comes to deliverance and and counseling and healing is that you get you get your traumas healed up that the, it it kind of boosts the if there's anything demonic it, it gets it, you know it, they either go with it or it it brings it out. And, uh, so I was, I mean, medication saved my life through this depression. Mm -hmm. And so I've always been so, you know, I know about pharmacia. I, I I definitely don't trust the pharmaceutical companies and their greed. And I think they're goons. I, I might get ostracized on this podcast for saying that, but, uh, at the same time, it, it helped me, but it was, it was never something to, to be used like for, I didn't want, to, I didn't want to journey into the spirit world unauthorized. And, and that's where I think it goes back to intent. Yeah. Um, is these people, I think, are using this to go into the spirit realm. And in the Bible, in, when people went into the spirit realm, it was Holy Spirit first was the initiator of it. Mm-hmm. And so I believe in people seeing the angelic and having their eyes open and maybe going behind the veil, but it's always Holy Spirit initiated. It's not drug initiated or ritual initiated or any, you know, any of that kind of stuff. Um, like we, we said earlier, the devil imitates and, and, and counterfeits. And um, I, I think this is just a form of counterfeit to, to, to get people infested with with spirits is to, yeah. to dose this this stuff and i mean and 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 just just the the thing about lsd look i mean it was back back way back before the 60s i mean jimmy stewart was a a, a big doser of lsd and all that stuff a lot of people don't know that and it's like all these early on actors they experimented with 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 all this stuff but they're experimenting with it was always like you said it was always selfish it, yeah. it goes back to being a oneist or a twoist, you know, and, and do you live in a world where you are God and everything is one, or do you live in, in a world where you are a creation and there's a God? And that's what I'm learning from this Carl. I can't pronounce his last name, so I don't want to butcher it, but uh, it's called the game of gods. And he actually goes into these, some of these like places 
to do ministry like Burning Man and stuff like that to learn and dialogue. And he's had some interesting conversations with, with, with these people just to learn what they basically believe and not be seen as a, a hateful Christian, you know, with signs yeah. and Westboro Baptist stuff. But uh, yeah, yeah I, I guess my, my, my theory is, is it's just discernment. I don't, I, that's just, that's just where I stand with it because I'm kind of in the middle. I mean, I get antidepressants are also used for, for bad things and can be crutches and, and, and a lot of that kind of stuff. But, but, you know, I, I tell people a lot of times, and, and this is kind of tongue in cheek, I'm like, well, if you don't believe in medicines possible use, then don't wear glasses, you know? I mean, and I kind of liken it to this. When when I was on um, antidepressants, to be able to read the Bible for me to get my mind renewed, to get off, I, ha- I had to to be able to, you know, have a clear mind and, and a, lot of, a lot of that kind of stuff. But it's the same with glasses. I mean, I could try to read my Bible without my glasses, but I'm not going to see it. So I put on my glasses and then, you know, I can read. And, and, and that's how I've kind of likened it. I don't know if that's a just a cop out or excuse, but, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's a hard road to navigate, at least in my opinion. So I guess I would, I I, I would say be very careful. And I think most of the 80, 90% of the time flee from ayahuasca and the LSD and all that kind of stuff. Uh, I don't know if, if they're going to try to, start microdosing uh, DMT for people with anxiety and, and stuff like that in a, and in like a doctor or medical form. But, but even then though, you still, you go into a hallucinatory type event and there's no telling what you can encounter or pick up. Sure. No, I mean, and I definitely don't want, uh, yeah, I want to make it clear. I, I believe there is a time for medicine. And in fact, I have been on medicine. I'm my husband and, you know, people in my life and it has helped them tremendously. So I think yeah. it comes down to this idea though, um, if we look at it in a, with a broad brush, you know, what is the agenda behind the yes. celebrities and the media pushing it? And so yep. when you have yep. people that, don't have discernment from the Holy Spirit to know, then then they are unknowingly opening themselves up to potential harm in the spirit realm and the physical realm. And so you've got people like Megan Fox, um, a celebrity who's like, I went to ayahuasca, I went to an ayahuasca retreat in Costa Rica, and you know this surpasses any sort of therapy I've ever done. I was, you know, set free from this psychological prison and. I was, you know, like all this crazy stuff. You've got, you know, Miley Cyrus and Will Smith really promoting these kind of ayahuasca things, mm-hmm. um, and mm-hmm. and they're 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 paralleling it with freedom, with the best feeling I've ever had. And so, for the unknowing majority out there who don't know Christ, they mm-hmm. are setting themselves up for even more infestation of spiritual bondage, and that. And that is kind of mostly what I'd like to mm-hmm. convey about that. Um, and, yeah. you know, the, the microdosing with the mushrooms, and I can't really speak to that, and the ketamine stuff. Um, my, my rule of thumb is really, you've got to, number one, you've got to know the Lord first. 
you know, come yes. be, be born again, know Jesus Christ as your savior, and then have the Holy Spirit lead you and show you because he'll show you. And, mm-hmm. you know, don't take what Brandon and Lindsay and I say, you need to seek the Lord for yourself. Yes. And, yes. you know, mm-hmm. so, but, but I think that I would be remiss if I did not say that there is a alternative agenda behind these celebrities and media pushing DMT, microdosing, ayahuasca, I mean, oh, yeah. something yeah. more sinister at play with them pushing it. So my thoughts. Yeah, I agree. I mean, yeah, I totally, I was first introduced to it, the whole concept by a guy named Tim Ferriss, who is, uh, I mean, he's a celebrity, but not in the sense of like a Hollywood type celebrity. He's like more of a, um, uh, I don't know what you would call him, like a, uh, a coach or a, uh, uh, what to- kind of like what Tony Robbins is and, and that type of, that type of yeah, motivational kind of guy. Yeah. But uh, yeah, he does the, the, the microdosing and of course he approaches it purely from a scientific standpoint, not an occult or whatever, but at the same time, you know, he's not a Christian. And so, yeah, I, I mean, you, I mean, I look at it like this, you know, you, you're going. You're driving down the road, and there's a stop sign to the right, and it's covered with trees. And you bust right through it. You still broke the law. There's still a yeah. stop sign there, and you're still going to get a ticket. And mm-hmm. we always think that when we open doors um, to the enemy, that it has to be us actually opening the door to the enemy, like like a vampire letting them through our threshold, so to speak. Uh, and, yeah. And it, I don't we can open doors and windows unknowingly and even innocently and, and get slammed and, and, you know, Satan will either eat our lunch and pop our bag in a heartbeat, you know? And yeah, that's why I have a hard time with uh, people doing deliverance with uh, unbelievers. If they don't follow up with discipleship and, 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 and and a salvation message is seven more will come back worse. Right. And they have no framework to to know any different. Uh, yeah, they so. can't maintain that freedom because they don't understand the, the what's involved. You're, you're absolutely right. I mean, um, and that and that I think is really what it comes down to is you know with this kind of stuff is wh- is it worth it to venture down this road without seeking the Lord first and truly waiting on the peace yes. like you spoke about, Brandon, yeah. before proceeding. I mean, and that's what it comes down to. Like we all have our individual freedoms in Christ to take aspirin or get on an antidepressant if the Lord is leading us to do that. You know, right. and right. I can't sit here and be con- you know, tell you what you should be convicted of in that regard because there are those right. individual convictions where I may be convicted to do one thing in regards to medicine and you may be convicted by the Holy Spirit to do another. And so who am I to say, Brandon, I can't believe you, you know, did this, that, or the other. I'm not the Holy Spirit police, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, I've learned the Holy Spirit is a lot better of a convictor than I am. <laughs> Thank I, you. And that's taken 30 years to 30 years to figure that out, you know, cause Bless my wife. We've been married for 21 years, and I have been her Holy Spirit for probably 15 of them. 
And it, it just really took me going through a dark night of the soul, so to speak, and depression to really begin to mm. see, you know, I, I, I wasn't a very uh, kind person. You know, I had a lot of head knowledge about doctrine and theology and all this stuff, but I, I was not in the in the realm of obedience. I knew the word, but I wasn't obeying the word. And yeah. I am so thankful that she put up with me for all these years of of being very black and white. And and what I think I learned, and and let me finish this out before you you, you jump into like like for a judgment. I've learned that there's a lot of gray. But I, st- I still believe there is black and white. The yeah. gray comes from our fallenness. God sees everything black or white. We see things gray, and there's still we still see things black and white as well. But there is gray, and that's why we need that relationship, that 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 connection to the vine to get the discernment on how to navigate the gray. And I think that's almost deliberate for us to have a relationship with Him. Yeah. I, we we tell a story, Sandy and I, both a friend of ours told us about um, so often he was making cookies and he, he's like, he was, he was, he kind of felt like, you know, Jesus, I want to, I want to make cookies with you. And so he got out all the stuff and made all the cookies and all that stuff. And this is a, an allegory and put them in the oven and all that stuff. And they came out really crappy and blah, blah, blah. And, and, and Jesus is like, you didn't make cookies with me. You just made cookies with me watching you. Now let's make cookies together. Mm. And I think that that level of intimacy, that level of intimacy is, I think it's why he wants us to operate in discernment and wants us to, to learn how to discern, you know, truth from error and, and goes back to Hebrews, you know, joints and marrow and and discerning and discernment and all that kind of stuff and 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 the best way i've learned is peace it cracks me up i'll get online and people will say <laughs> and i and i'm all for intuition i believe in intuition i, be, I listen to my wife's intuition 10 times more than mine i believe in it but i'll hear people get online and say we need to be scriptural. We need to have discernment, scriptural discernment. But I don't really feel right about that. I'm like, that's not scriptural discernment. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's the same thing you're doing. They they feel right about it. You feel wrong about it. That's it needs to. I think the peace way is just the best way because it's not subjective. You either have peace or you don't, and you've pursued Him, and and it is a subjective experience, but it's still an objective type of am i making any sense or i'm just yeah. rambling i don't know <laughs> no it does make sense i mean and and that only comes with a close walk and abiding in christ yes. i mean yes. we've got to be i mean we could take it down any any kind of rabbit hole on this topic too mm-hmm. but like when you see in first samuel i believe it's first or second samuel and when you see that um it says rebellion is like the sin of witchcraft that put, yeah. yeah, that puts it all in perspective because you start to see mm-hmm. that God views any time we go against the Holy Spirit and Him convicting us and and or His commands in the Word that we're rebellious and and we're acting like the, the prince of this world, you know. And so that can lead into anything that we do, whether it's should I do yoga or should I, you know, try this medication to help me? Like it should all be led by 
prayerful, prayerful consideration and a time of waiting and a time of peace. And that's how you know, you know, just like you said, the peace is, is the, is the, the pointer to, um, knowing you're abiding in, in, in Christ. That's what he gives us. Mm-hmm. And that's the world can't give that, you know? So oh, I don't know if nice. I made any sense. <laughs> no, you, but did. I hope I did. you made perfect sense. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, going kind of back to the, the, the whole, you were talking about discernment and a close walk with Christ, a, a, a phrase that I've been using kind of jumped out at me and, and I still think there's a purpose in all this. You'll, you'll understand what I mean in a second. I don't think the greatest enemy to the church is outside. It's the elites or the occult or the the devil or any of that kind of stuff, even though there is a place and they are enemies. I think the greatest enemy to the church is nominal Christianity. Mm. Yeah. And, and Mm. that goes back because that's what allows us to be deceived by the things outside the church. You know, we don't have that deep abiding that you're talking about that, that, that intimacy. And it's really, Amy, it's really hard for men because we have a hard time being a bride. At least mm-hmm. I have. I mean, mm-hmm. and, and I'm not a macho man. I'm not, and, and all that kind of stuff, you know. Um, but at the same time, it's just, it's hard to take that on that identity and not it because a lot of, and this is a critique I'm going to throw out there, a lot of modern worship music <laughs> that is not very man friendly. It, it, I call it, I joke with my wife, I say, it's Jesus is my boyfriend music. And, and uh, Jesus is not Jesus is not my boyfriend, right? And so I, I, it's been a, it's been a hard time for me to really explore a masculine intimacy as the bride with bride of Christ, yeah. and I think that's that's essential, and that you know that that's what will break us out of this nominal Christianity. Mm-hmm. Men yeah. really need it. Men really need it. Men are absent in the church. And I, I, I take responsibility as being a leader in the church for that. We, 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 have, we have done things willingly or unwillingly to alienate and, and make men absent in the church. Right. Well, and that goes all the way back to Alice Bailey, because this is yep. all part of the plan. Um, yeah. You know, through media, through um, our churches, through what we deem as masculine and what we now we're, we're saying men can wear dresses. Well, we're not, but society <laughs> is, is saying men can wear dresses. And so you've got this kind of, you've got this physical struggle. Maybe you can even liken it to what Paul went through of, you know, you want to, you want to do what's right, but then you do, you do the opposite, you know, and it's like, you mm-hmm. want to worship Jesus. And yet you have this pull of like, it's hard I, I, for a man to, like you said, feel like this, feel like the, you know, the, the bridegroom or the bride, right? Like the church. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, and I see it all the time, not only in my counseling, but I see it in, um, on my social media, you know, women seem to have more of an easier way of accepting some of these things than men do. And I think that's partly due to how God wired us, you know, men are very black and white just by nature and women can kind of overlap. 
you know, and multitask and overlap and men are like <laughs> compartmentalized more so. So yes. there's a lot of, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it makes sense. And it's all about just kind of learning and, and leaning on God to refine us during these times and, and help us grow, right? It's this ongoing sanctification until he returns yes. and he's coming back for a blemish-free bride. Um, yes. So it's ongoing. Yes. It never stops. Never stop. Yeah, men, I, I think tend to, um, man, this this conversation is all over the place, but it's great. <laughs> I'm enjoying it. Um, yeah, the the men 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 tend to display our intimacy with loyalty and respect, uh, but with men with our compartmentalization ability. Um, sex to us is intimacy, but it's not intimacy like it is to women. It's different. Mm -hmm. And, and that's, I think that's more falling aspect of it. I I think it was not intended to be that way. And that's something that needs to be redeemed and, and we need to learn as men. But, uh, to us, at least in my opinion, you can answer in Lindsay, loyalty and respect is, is, is really big when it comes to intimacy wise uh at least it has been with my my friends uh, a loyalty respect type thing what do you think Lindsay? yeah i mean i agree that's need to have a friend you can trust yeah yeah so you know and you're right you're right god wired us amy differently to complement each other to take this world and do the edenic you know, commission of be fruitful and multiply, you know, which is more than just numbers of people. It's, I think the multiplication is also prosperity, not prosperity, but gospel stuff, but prosperity, fruitfulness, um, you know, in, in the growing of the, of the kingdom on the earth. And I get so excited. I was talking in a podcast, interviewed in a podcast the other day, and I get so excited because to me, revelation is not the end of the book. It's like the beginning again. It's like mm. it's like yeah. the true great reset, you know. Yeah, and I get yeah. so I get so excited of what we're going to do with this earth and even the universe after we're redeemed and after there's no more sin and there's and 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 Jesus is our Lord manifestly, and it excites me. Yeah, to to think of of what's going to happen there. Anyway, way off. Way off target. Sorry, I chased that rip. But <laughs> no, that's okay. Is, is there anything? Um, well, let me ask you this. I don't know if I always okay. ask you this, Amy. I can't remember. But uh, it, is there is there ever a question that people don't ask you on podcasts that you want to answer that oh. that you wish people would ask you? Gosh, um, you know, I no, not really. I mean, I I okay. like to. I I'm pretty. Yeah, I'm not. I, I don't care. <laughs> I, I'll I'll talk about anything, um, and I don't need to talk about myself. Uh, I just I'm just so grateful to, you know, be able to kind of share the stuff that the Lord has revealed to me, and and I have to always bring it back to Him because I know nothing without Him. Um, yeah. And you know, I shared with you guys when we first podcast, but you know, it was it really was God, really like you said, revealing. And in giving me that revelation when I got sober and, um, 
And I was that person that was lukewarm, that walked and, you know, said I was a Christian on Sunday and, and had ministry. I was always in ministry. And yet there was another side of me that was like still partying, still drinking. And, um, you know, and the Lord, when I got clean and sober and, and started to really seek him and abide with him, he started to reveal so much to me and, and that, and I love that. And I, and so I encourage everybody listening, you know, the more, the more, like John says in the book of John, he says that when you abide with the Lord, when you obey his commands, he will manifest himself in you. God will show more of who he is when you're obedient. And that's just been mm. really my life. Um, I really understand obedience now and the sacrifice that he made, you know, and just means so much to me. So, Well, no, that's, that's great. And, and I think that's a, a great spot to land this plane is mm. with hope. You know, we've talked about a lot of, of different things, but you know, for you guys out there that are listening to this, um, there is hope in no one else uh, other than Jesus Christ. There's salvation in no other name. And it is as simple, as simple as just saying, Jesus, help. Yeah. You don't have to pray an ordinance sinner's prayer. I, I, I don't even know if sinner's prayer is even in the Bible. But it's just Jesus, help. Yeah. And I've in my life, he is, I mean, that that's that's my go-to prayer. Jesus, help me. Yep. And so if you recognize your need to, to uh, for discernment to navigate what's coming in the world, you need the discerner and he will send his Holy Spirit to help you, to teach you, to, gu- to guide you, to bring you into other, uh, other friendships that will encourage you and, and, and grow you. And so I just kind of want to, end on that note that we have hope and uh that hope is him yes amen amen all right well thank you amy so much for being on our show yet again yes thank you thank you so much amy for your time it was fun Thanks for listening and supporting us. And remember, stay naturally supernatural.